MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. that could make a wolverine purr on vsin the sports betting network this is great peterson experience right here on vsin the sports betting network and you've got a tremendous three hours coming up for you as we've got a loaded nfl slate to take a look at we've got some college bowl games to be able to dive into we've got some college basketball to break down we've got all the goods and the guest list gets started in about 15 minutes as we're going to be joined by Matt Landis, who does a great job with the Props and Hops podcast. And we've also got joining me Ben Brown over there at Pro Football Focus. We're going to be discussing what we've all been seeing in the NFL the last few weeks, try to extract some value from what is going to be a very interesting card in which we've got a lot of games that are going to be going down on Saturday. So we're going to be having them aboard in our number one and our number two. We're going to be joined by Grant Mitchell talking a little bit more NFL with him as he does a great job as a co-host of the Fade the Public podcast and then also Danielle Avari. With Danielle, we're going to be talking some college basketball, see if she has anything in terms of college football, but mainly going to be college basketball. She does a great job out there taking a look at the Pac-12. And for those of you guys that are fans of UCLA Bruins, she does a lot of the in-stadium hosting slash emceeing for those events. So, that's going to be fun in hour number two. And in hour number three, we're actually going to be having an in-studio guest. I will not be alone at the at the table as it is going to be CJ Sullivan. He does a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be joined by him, talking a little football, see if he's got any plays on the board for Tuesday as well. So 
We are all locked and loaded. We've got ourselves an absolutely tremendous card of guests. Thanks to our wonderful producer, Jason Kahn. And we also had ourselves, I'm not going to call it a tremendous Monday Night Football game, but we had a Monday Night Football game. This one went the way of the Green Bay Packers by a count of 24 to 12. And I feel like this game is just the textbook example of why you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. Because we recall how Baker Mayfield's last game wrapped up as he had that just big drive against the Las Vegas Raiders. He had everyone hooting and hollering about how, oh, this could be another career rebirth for our good friend Baker Mayfield. And in this game, if you took a whole bunch of player prop unders with the LA Rams with Baker Mayfield, you're able to go down the list. You were able to come out and be very, very successful as Hey, a lot of those were given out on this show as well. Unfortunately, we couldn't hit the plus 155 on Baker Mayfield. No touchdown pass as he was able to get one late in this game, but certainly was not a great showing for the LA Rams. They go down by a count of 24 to 12, and it just goes to show you as well when you're placing a bunch of futures wagers in terms of season wins, and this is in darn near every sport, trying to forecast the schedule can be a little bit of a crapshoot because if you're taking a look forward at some of these schedules, like going into the season, you thought that this Packers versus Rams game was going to be some sort of a supreme matchup. You thought, man, this is a pair of really, really good teams are going to be going at it. Hopefully the team that I'm looking at and over on, they aren't playing the LA Rams at all in the Rams final three games, by the way, the Denver Broncos, the LA Chargers and the Seattle Seahawks. You were probably thinking if you're, backing like the Seattle Seahawks for an over or the Chargers. You're like, man, that week 17, week 18 game against the Rams. They're going to be having to deal with those pesky former Super Bowl champions. Now, not so much anymore. And it just goes to show you how crazy things are in the NFL, because right now we've just seen a whole bunch of turnover in terms of all the odds in order to be able to make the playoffs. And I do think that there's still quite a bit of value in terms of futures market. This was something that our good friends, Wes and Femi, who do live bet tonight, they were on just before me. And for those of you guys who tune into the Greg Peterson experience, I encourage you to tune in a little bit beforehand because those guys are able to make you some money in game and they do an absolutely tremendous job of just taking a look at so many different things, live betting angles when it comes to Sundays in the NFL, because I mean, when you're trying to give out plays on social media, trying to give out live betting plays, it's something that you just don't want to do because the uh, numbers that you are able to uh, find in the market, by the time you tweet it out and by the time anyone were to see it, that number is probably gone. It makes it very, very difficult. The only way that you'd be able to do it, in my opinion, is a sport like baseball where you've got natural breaks, you know what, you go one batter at a time. Some of those at-bats can take multiple minutes, so you've got a little bit of time especially a sport like basketball. I mean, best of luck to you. You can have 10 points put on the board in literally 60 seconds, not just of game time, but in actual real time. So things can get very haywire on that front. So they're able to do a nice job of being able to help you be prepared for those opportunities. But they were taking a look at the MVP market right now as well. And I mean, the guys are towards the top. Jalen Hurts was a little bit of a surprise coming into the season, but Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, not necessarily the most shocking of things in the world, but it goes to show you how you don't want to be overreactionary to a few bad weeks towards the beginning part of the season, and how you do want to be keeping an open mind on on some of these guys as well. Like right now, the hottest team in the NFL, 
that would be Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I just call Joe Burrow a team, and I mean, not necessarily wrong with what he's been able to do with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, it has been absolutely tremendous to see what he's been able to do there. But I do think that there is also a lot of value in just taking a look at some of these markets and You've got teams that are not quite dead yet for the playoffs because we let off talking about the Green Bay Packers and the L.A. Rams. And with the Packers being able to get the win, it's a long shot for them to be able to get the playoffs. And I would say if you're looking at something like a yes on the Packers to be able to make the playoff, something of that nature, you probably would want to be taking a look at the final three opponents for the Green Bay Packers, trying to do the math on what a money line parlay would be if you just rolled it over three times over like because I talk about this a lot when it comes to college basketball and in college basketball you just instead of taking a future on like Kansas Kentucky Gonzaga throw out there what team you think is going to be able to win the NCAA tournament if you think all right we aren't going to have craziness where we have oh I don't know a 15 seed in the elite eight and it kills all the value I wonder what happened there but as long as you don't have anything completely ridiculous there if I just keep on taking the money line and rolling it over and rolling it over, yeah, I'm able to make a little bit more money on that rather than in the futures market. I do think that that is actually something that you can do right now if you're thinking that, you know what, a team like the Green Bay Packers, they're going to be able to make the playoffs. You're getting a whole heck of a lot more value than if you had bet this before the season because the Green Bay Packers, well, if you're looking at divisional odds, dead. And if you're looking at them to be able to make the playoffs, still very much in the balance as they have to go up against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. That's a very, very big game for both of these teams. But as I take a look at DraftKings right now, I'm going to see if they've got the Green Bay Packers up and at them. And it's not quite yet, but the Miami Dolphins, if you're looking at this from their perspective, the yes is minus 250 and the no is plus $2. If you think that the Miami Dolphins are going to essentially lose out and they're not going to be able to make the playoffs, Fading them on a money line rollover, that is actually something that has a little bit of value as well. Now you've got more extreme circumstances like with the Las Vegas Raiders. The yes is plus 2,000. If you roll it over on the Oakland Raiders, you're probably not going to be able to get quite that much value. And some of these scenarios, they are involving tiebreakers. And that was a little bit of a pro tip last week because... You do want to be taking note of tiebreakers when it comes to the futures market right now as well. Take a look at some of these head-to-head matchups. Take a look at, all right, is there going to be a matchup in week 17, week 18 that might decide the division, that might decide whether or not a team is going to have the leg up in terms of wildcard spot, like we're seeing that currently in terms of the NFC South, where you've got teams that are just all sorts of wonky trying to be able to get one of those playoff spots. Well, that is something that you do want to be taking note of right now, but that's where it comes into just so much fascination. And with the Green Bay Packers, if they are able to make the playoffs, there could be a little bit of upside with them just because the big thing that we saw towards the beginning part of the season was that there just were no weapons for Aaron Rodgers. He tried to get a touchdown to Christian Watson. So if you were one of those Christian Watson anytime touchdown scorer, I guess you could call it ticket holders. That was a little bit rough there, but certainly a case of which the Green Bay Packers, they get the job done. They are now going to be looking to take down Miami and they're going to try to bode their way into the playoffs. And just with the LA Rams, a good example of why in terms of the player prop market, and we always see it on social media. I feel like I've said it a few times on this show, but 
mean, it's some of the most profitable things in sports betting right now. Taking a look at a lot of these player prop unders, it cashes. Like with Baker Mayfield, his completions prop was right around 15 and a half, 16 and a half. That one under his yardage when I was on this show is right around 188 and a half, give or take a little bit. That goes under in terms of just, I think every single Rams receiving prop aside from Cam Akers, every single one of them completely hit the under. I actually thought Van Jefferson had a chance at the over. I got that at 33 and a half yards. That goes to 32. So that was a little bit brutal there, but man, just all the unders. They came through for the L.A. Rams. Would have had to lay a bunch of juice, but Baker Mayfield to be able to throw an interception, not being prisoner of the moment. Actually taking a look at the first 55 minutes of that game against the Las Vegas Raiders, that did you a whole lot of good. And for the Green Bay Packers, making sure that you take into account, yeah, this is not the same offense that we have seen from them in the past, but also realizing, hey, they're starting to play a little bit better. That is able to bode very well for you as well. So it's always a little bit of a teeter-tottering act when it comes to sports betting. You don't want to be completely writing off some of past history. And at the same time, you don't want to be investing way too much into what we had just seen. That is always a trick with this. You've got to sort of be taking that middle ground approach. And if you had done so in this game in Packers versus the Rams, it played out very, very well for you. And the Green Bay Packers, they are still alive in terms of their playoff hopes and I was very stunned to see that Rams were actually mathematically alive for the playoffs prior to tonight, apparently, which that is just stunning in and of itself. But what is even more stunning is how great of a guest list we've got. As coming up next, we're going to be talking to Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus and Matt Landis of the Props Hops podcast on the NFL landscape next year on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN is the gift that keeps on giving by becoming a VSN Pro subscriber for just $79. You get everything that we do now through the big dance. Sign up today and you also get $20 to buy VSN Sports Betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. And only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recaps. Take a look at all the top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every game. Deep dives on betting reports. Plus, our ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets on every single bowl game. This is a limited time offer. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the end of March Madness at VSIN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hopefully you've done your holiday shopping because it's getting down to it. I'm not sure if these two gentlemen have, but they are giving us the gift that keeps on giving the wealth of NFL knowledge. As we've got Ben Brown, who does a great job over there at Pro Football Focus, and Matt Landis of the Props and Hops podcast joining me. Always great to be on with you gentlemen. And I think we've got to talk about the biggest thing in the NFL right now. That is the status of Jalen Hurts. It is very, very much to be determined right now. We have already seen a sizable move in terms of this Cowboys versus Eagles game. As when I was on the show yesterday, we were seeing the Dallas Cowboys be right around a one to one and a half point favorite. Now it's at six. And I will ask you first about this, Ben. How big of a downgrade do you have Gardner Minshew to Jalen Hurts? Because we've seen Minshew in the past have success in this league at the same time when you take out a guy that is right now the odds-on favorite to win MVP, that is no doubt going to be a big downgrade. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the key, especially with this particular switch from, back, from you know starting a backup quarterback, is 
it is kind of like the scheme, I would say, in a lot of ways has to change uh, with Gardner Minshew kind of in the fold, right? Like very much the, the situations where the backup quarterback can do uh, essentially all the same things as the starters, maybe not quite as well as the starter uh, are situations that I think you can maybe buy into. But, you know, specifically with Jalen Hurts, you know, and Gardner Minshew, like the, the, the RPO type stuff. Uh, you know, the read options and those sorts of things all very much are going to be, uh, you know, a significant downgrade with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And he's very much going to be, you know, a, a lot better as a pocket passer with low A dot uh, and kind of trying to get guys, um, you know, uh, to gain some of those yards after the catch. And that's just not really where, you know, the Eagles offense has lived at. So I'm concerned. We have Jalen Hurts right around like five to five and a half points better than uh, you know, a, a replacement level quarterback from a spread perspective. And I think, you know, with Minshew kind of in the fold, like that's, that's a, that's a four and a half to five point swing. I would say right there, we did move through kind of, key, you know, the key number three already. And I think we're basically pushing up, you know, to minus six. Um, it's, it, it's a concerning thing. I don't think you could really touch the Eagles. I would say until this number probably, and eventually will hit, you know, plus seven. And I think that's maybe the spot where if you do want to get involved with Philadelphia, uh, I guess you can, but you know, the concern right now, I think is very much like the rest factor with, with how some of these, I would say analytically forward thinking teams are, are probably going to approach, you know, the last three weeks of this NFL season. Yep, and I will throw this to you as well, Matt, because I do think that this is a very interesting poker game in terms of the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys as well, because if you think that Jalen Hurts is going to play, you've actually got really good value right now on the Eagles. If you don't think that he's going to play, you do not want any part of this line whatsoever, in my opinion. So I think that it's all about gauging this injury and deciding where you think things are going to go because it feels like we've got about probably 75% of the downgrade that you typically see from, from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew in there. But that last 25%, that's what pushes you to that seven. Yeah, I think Ben laid it out well with the seven possibly being the point of resistance at this stage. If you don't think Hurts is going to play, then the ship has already sailed, but um you know, there, there's a chance that if this hits seven or perhaps higher, that could be a time to come in the other way. You guys have already spoken to that. One thing that would be a potential red flag to me when it comes to that dynamic, if the Eagles are without Hurts, this is a weird late season division rivalry game where Philadelphia, just from a motivational standpoint, I feel like trying to look at things analytically, motivation is not my forte, but I do wonder if they're arresting Hurts are they going to try to scale things back for anybody else who's remotely questionable? Are they going to try to show anything schematically on either side of the ball that could be used against them by putting things on tape for a big playoff run that they're trying to get primed for? So this game has, beyond the variance of a backup quarterback it's looking like for the Eagles, the potential variance of motivation that we're not used to seeing this deep into the season for a division rivalry like this. I do think it might open the doors to some potential looks at teams fighting for the back end of that NFC playoff picture. Greg, your Packers still alive somehow, so not time to rule them out quite yet. The Detroit Lions are roaring. We've got the Giants and Washington. Any of these teams grabbing the six or seven seed, the top of the NFC is so wide open now. And even if Jalen Hurts makes a return, is he going to be 100%? We know the Niners are down to their third string quarterback. Purdy has looked good, but how sustainable is that? With Dallas, they lost to the Jags yesterday. They got taken down to the wire against Houston. So anybody who gets in in the back end of the NFC, this might be a good time to look at some futures. I rarely play those long shot lottery ticket bets, but I can't fault the notion if you can get something like a 250 to one on Green Bay, a 60 to one on Detroit, 
something in those similar price ranges for teams like the Giants and Washington just to win the whole thing because this is wide open right now. And you were speaking to something that I was talking about in segment number one. If you know that there's a team that they need to win all three games to be able to make the postseason, just taking them on the money line and rolling it over, do the math on that as opposed to what you're seeing in the futures market right now. You're able to play that as well, which I think is just so fascinating and something that typically we see more like the NCAA tournament, what have you. But in order to get into the tournament, you have to win these games in order to get there as well. So I think that that is a fascination. I think that that leads into an interesting topic, which I want to lead off with you, Ben. In terms of the NFC, I take a look at things right now, and I really do think that as long as Jalen Hurts is not out for the playoffs, which it sounds like this is more of a more minor injury, we might find out more details, and that would not be terrific for the Eagles. But the way that I look at it in the AF, in the NFC, it is the Eagles, it is the 49ers, and then you've got everyone else pretty much a distant third with the Dallas Cowboys being that number three team, in my opinion. But do you think that there could be a little bit of a sleeper team that is starting to build a little bit of noise in the NFC and could wreck the apple cart? Yeah, I think when you're looking at the NFC specifically, like we've kind of known there, there's been the Eagles, but outside of that, there's very much, I would say, warts for every single team at, at kind of the top right. And I think even if you're looking at, you know, you know, the team's, uh, you know, five, you know, five and six to a lesser extent with Tampa Bay, you know, being that fourth seed and the Dallas probably slotting into the fifth seed. Like those, those still, those are still teams that very much look vulnerable as well. So I'm kind of with Matt. I'm looking for a team that I think, um, you know, it can pass the football effectively at, at, at a pretty high rate and can actually use that uh, to, to kind, of, kind of say like generate wins either playing from ahead or playing from behind in certain situations. And when I see that uh, or look for that, I think that a team, you know, we've talked about them a lot. They are becoming very trendy right now. But, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff, it seems like the betting market uh, it is probably still undervaluing what Jared Goff has been able to do for this Detroit Lions offense this year. I think the playmakers around him as well, you know, with Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, a pretty sound running game as well. Like they're a team, I think, offensively, uh, that can kind of win some shootouts. And if you can kind of win some shootouts, you know, that's maybe like the chaotic type of uh, way that they could potentially get through at least a couple games in the NFC. So if you're looking for a sleeper pick in the NFC, uh, I, I want to buy into a high octane offense. And I think that the Detroit Lions definitely fit the bill and might just be a little bit, uh, you know, undervalued in, in comparison to where they should maybe expect to actually get through the NFC right now. So I know people love them from a betting perspective week in and week out, uh, but I think there might be some long-term value for the futures with them as well. And I'm so glad that you point out the Detroit Lions because Matt, when it comes to just being able to gauge these teams, something that I think is really important with the Detroit Lions is keeping in mind all the injuries that they did have in October. We saw some clunkers of offensive performances, but I mean, all those clunkers when were when they were without DeAndre Swift and company. When you take a look at a team like the Lions, when you take a look at a team like your beloved Los Angeles Chargers, do you take a look and see, all right, with the LA Chargers, they had a whole bunch of wide receiver injuries. Now that they've got these guys back in the fold, I need to take these stats with having Mike Williams, with having Keenan Allen in a little bit more weight rather than the games without them. Yeah, I think the issue with a team like the Chargers that the Joe Lombardi still running the offense yeah. is just going to be a governor on just about any kind of ceiling they can unlock. It's been so great seeing a lot of, you know, return to health, not just at wide receiver, but across the offensive line. And Rashawn Slater might be returning for a potential playoff run. The Chargers got some good breaks yesterday. Rabel not going for two at the end, then getting a game-winning field goal in regulation. 
the same time, whatever Jacoby Myers and the Patriots were doing was glorious for the Chargers playoff hopes after the Jets also suffered a tough loss late. So the Chargers are finally getting some breaks, and that feels so counter to the existence of a Chargers fan or anybody who's bet on this team, frankly. But with a guy like Joe Lombardi at the helm, scoring 17 points on that Titans defense yesterday, I mean, that was basically a practice squad of a defense with an offensive full strength. That's tough to reconcile getting from that level of output to a deep postseason run. So some of these teams, the deck is stacking their favor, but looking at what they're doing week to week, I, I got to say the Lions in the NFC might even bring more appeal than the Chargers in the AFC. And I never thought I would have said that just a few weeks ago. It's just absolutely glorious to take a look at the madness in the NFL right now. And it's been madness taking a look at teasers this year in the NFL. We're going to do that next with Ben Brown of the Props and Mops podcast and or Ben Brown, a pro football focus, and Matt Landis of the Props and Ops podcast next here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you as Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today. Warning that this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast, along with Ben Brown over at Pro Football Focus. And Matt, every week we take a look at the board and try to find, all right, are we going to be able to find some good value here on the teasers market? And in terms of this week, it's a little bit bare. There's really two games that come to mind, and terms of being able to tease up the underdog with the Vegas Raiders being a two and a half or the Vegas Raiders being a two and a half point favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got that confused. The Vegas Raiders are a two and a half point underdog against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, you've got another line of two and a half right now with Detroit and Carolina, but both of these two and a halves, they've got a little bit of juice in a lot of markets and these are numbers that could move and you've got some uncertainty really with both of these teams. Yeah, Greg, to your point, if these numbers move the way some of the sharper books are shaded right now, they could quite possibly move on to the three, in which case not crossing through the three would eliminate some of the value in teasing underdogs up. Fortunately, there are a few other options that are popping up now. I'm keeping a close eye out for more widely available reopeners for the Rams game against the Broncos on Christmas. Prior to Monday night kicking off, Denver was a one-point favorite, assuming this one's going to tick into teaser territory. Uh, probably not going to touch a field goal. So somewhere in that range of Denver minus two-ish. And when we can tease an underdog up, even if it's an ugly dog like the Rams, the Broncos are not the most formidable favorite. And in a game with a total that was 35 and a half prior to the Rams kicking off in Green Bay, that is just so strong from a standpoint of reducing variance in a teaser. Just pure math alone would have me wanting to look at the Rams despite what we just saw from them on national TV. Get ready for the Rams on national TV once again. Uh, pairing them, I would say now the Ravens have taken on a lot of money. When I was starting to formulate my thoughts yesterday evening for a side that I like this week, it was going to be the Ravens laying six and a half to Atlanta. Well, now Baltimore's laying seven and a half. I can't endorse that as a straight play against the spread, but Baltimore now in teaser territory, crossing down through the seven and the three to minus one and a half. 
Desmond Ritter did not look great in his first start yesterday. And last week we talked about the Ravens benefiting from a lot of positive variants and a two-point win over Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. They just got the pendulum to swing hard against them in Cleveland. They outgained the Browns by almost a yard per play. Fourth down, they were 0 for 3, including a stop the Browns made on fourth and one for Baltimore at the Cleveland 7 on the Ravens opening drive. That kind of set the tone. Cleveland 2 for 4 on four, 2 for 2 on fourth down. Cleveland plus two in turnovers. Everything seemed to go against the Ravens this past Saturday. Justin Tucker was missing kicks, having kicks blocked. I basically don't expect anything like that type of variance to rear its head against the Ravens when they take on Atlanta this weekend. So I would say best look on the board right now, probably Baltimore minus one and a half paired with the Rams. Whatever they reopen, I'm thinking probably in the range of plus eight hosting the Broncos on Christmas Day. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe that that Rams versus Broncos game is that weird Nickelodeon game, which that should involve a lot of slime and it should involve a lot of making fun of bad offense, which that could make that game honestly very, very appealing. I mean, forget the adult broadcast. Get me in for the new Nickelodeon broadcast because that is going to be absolutely terrific. And it is Christmas for us coming very, very early on that front as well. But Ben also... Chris is coming early for us as well as I mean, what we're seeing with regards to all these totals. We were just taking a look through the break and we've got six games right now with a total below 40. And the one that really stands out to me, the Saints versus Cleveland Browns game. Now it looks like there's going to be some weather in Cleveland, but typically you don't see it this far out where you see a total completely nosedive like this because right where I sit at circuits at 31 and a half, most other places have between 32 and 32 and a half, but what do you make out of an ordeal like this? Because right now you're sort of betting a little bit on the weather. No doubt both of these offenses leaving a little bit of something to be desired. But this is almost a case where just gotten too low that even when you, if you think that the snow is going to be coming, even if you think that the elements are going to be bad, I just don't know if I can advocate taking this low of an under. Yeah, definitely. And especially against two two teams that have been, I would say, somewhat successful running the football, at least. Like, of course, Cleveland hasn't been as good as probably their name recognition brings them with, with regards to running the football right now. But uh, I think if there are some snowy conditions and those sorts of things, having Nick Chubb in the fold uh, and, and having kind of their interior offensive line intact is very much going to help them in this game. I also think on the flip side of that, you know, with the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara very much can get it done with his legs. Also, Taysom Hill as well has shown some propensity to break some big plays, both in rushing the football and passing here. So I'm with you. I think if you're going to play anything right now, you maybe buy into, uh, you know, an over 31 and a half. Of course, the weather elements could very much come back to bite you. But, you know, we were sitting here kind of last week at this time with having the same conversation with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, game versus the Buffalo Bills and outside of a few you know snowballs hitting the field uh, you know from some unruly <laughs> Bills Mafia fans like there wasn't a whole lot uh, of elements I would say impacting that particular game and that one sailed over relatively easily as well so I think from my perspective uh, I'm probably not going to lock in going over but it's very much going to be a spot where you could definitely uh, I would say pick up some value understanding how these offenses are going to move in game uh, and then kind of adjusting to that strategy uh, and how you actually approach it so for me uh, I'm probably going to wait a little bit and see if we do get some positive news from you know a, a weather perspective but uh, there, there are definitely some games that you can definitely I would say buy into some overs because we have I would say seen you know totals in some way kind of trend back when you do have relatively decent offenses uh, in the National Football League coming up over the latter half of the season so definitely looking at some other totals as well but uh, I, I think the over is probably the only spot for a number of these games coming up here on Saturday and Sunday.
Yeah, and we've just seen it all year long with the totals going under, under, under. But we saw it this last week. There were a few games in which the total was right around like 38, 39, 40, and you got like 42 points. So in a normal year where the totals are more in the mid-40s, it would be an under. This year, it's an over. And I do think that that is something very important to take a look at and could be able to get you a little bit of money with perhaps a bit of an overcorrection as well. And then, Matt, I know that you were talking about the Ravens perhaps being a game that you like from a teaser perspective. You were looking at it a little bit more from a sides perspective before that wound up going up just a little bit. But how about if I throw at you this game? Because I do think that it is very much of intrigue as we've had just a lot of these go on throughout the season where it feels like there's not enough correction on this team. And we're seeing the Cincinnati Bengals once again right in that vector of being a three-and-a-half-point favorite like they were against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now, ironically enough, go against the old team of Tom Brady with this Cincinnati Bengals versus the New England Patriots game. I was saying this last week about that Buccaneers game, which it almost looks too easy. Do you stay off of it as a result? How do you view this Cincinnati Bengals scene? Because I take a look at the way that they're playing. I'm very impressed. This line feels very, very short. I'm not sure if you've got a little bit of a different view of the Bengals, but I almost feel like these lines are just becoming so low that it almost makes you suspicious. Yeah, I I mean, in a phrase, I view the Cincinnati Bengals very highly right now. They disposed of a 17-0 deficit like it was no problem whatsoever, and that was against a Tampa Bay defense that... Uh, I, I think was in a in a great spot once they took that lead. So to see the Bengals do that, it's just every week there seems to be one more thing that they do to really increase the way that they should be regarded in the marketplace. And now they've got the lead in the AFC North. So if anything, from a future standpoint, I, I see a lot of intrigue with them. Again, like the Lions that Ben talked about in the previous segment, it's getting a bit trendy, so it's tough to find value. I guess this handicap might ultimately boil down to how people perceive the Patriots relative to Tampa Bay. Because if we're looking at the same spread, essentially, for Cincinnati on the road, who do you think is the better team? And then how much do you buy into factors like the possible letdown for New England up by a touchdown with less than a minute to go? losing that game in regulation the way they did it with one of the most memorably stupid plays in our NFL lifetime. I don't know. This could this could be something where a guy like Jacoby Myers taking accountability, even Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson trying to take accountability for their part in that debacle. You know, is this team going to be that strong internally to overcome it? Or the way that that just seemed to really punish their playoff odds now the Bengals on tap and the Bengals having some good matchup advantages. If Cincinnati starts to get up to a bit of a lead, is this a case where New England might let go of the rope? Or even if they don't let go of the rope, we've got Matt Patricia calling plays for that offense. How much comeback potential do they have? Um, I, I just feel like from, from an in-running standpoint, if the Bengals are to amass a lead, it's tough to see the Patriots doing too much to get back into this one, even if they can hold it together from a motivation standpoint. Yeah, this is such an intriguing game on relatively both sides. And, you bring up that Patriots game, and I had to explain to some of my friends why Santa might not be delivering as much for Christmas as we had been expecting because Santa had the <laughs> New England Patriots, and that did not necessarily go so great, but it always goes great when you two guys are aboard. Ben, you do absolutely terrific work over there at Pro Football Focus, and likewise for you, Matt, with the Props and Ops podcast. Always appreciate your time, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well, and hopefully we can make the holidays a little bit more cheery next as we've got a nice card for Tuesday's college basketball slate, and 
We're going to be breaking that down next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Bet and log on and bet at betrivers.com every single game, every single day, and receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest lines, odds, and boosts to be able to create the perfect college game day experience. Head on over to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. First things first, big thanks to Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast and Ben Brown over there at Pro Football Focus for talking about the NFL and all the craziness that we are seeing there. Unfortunately, I just don't have a lot in terms of college football. We've got guys like Tim Murray, Matt Humans, list goes on and on that do a great job here at college, here at the network of taking a look at college football. I am unfortunately not one of those guys, so... I really don't have a lot on the college bowl front, but vcin.com slash subscribe to be able to get everything that we do there. And for those of you guys that are subscribers every single day, you're getting great picks in terms of college football. So we've got you guys covered there. My part is taking a look at the college basketball board and trying to extract a little bit of value. Well, I've been on show here in hour number one. The DK Nation pick from yesterday it did hit. UT Arlington actually won outright as a nice size underdog and the under of 137.5 in the Dons of San Francisco and UT Arlington. Despite both of these teams shooting much better from three-point range than they typically have been, they were able to get there. So, feeling good about that. And my DK Nation pick for our, or for Tuesday is coming up in our number two in about 15 or so minutes. So, let's take a look in the meantime at some other games that we're able to make some value on. And ACC play is going to be hot and heavy on Tuesday. And, I don't agree with what we're seeing right now as this is a line that has moved within the last few hours. This is 605-606 on the betting board. Duke is going to be on the road. They're going to be playing against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is an underdog of anywhere between 7.5 and 8 points. They open up as a 7-point underdog, and your total on this game it is between 141 and 141.5. And and circumstance to where I set Duke as a 5-point favorite. Duke has been able to do a really good job on defense this year. You can tell that John Shire... So looking to play a little bit of a different brand of basketball than Coach K. Coach K used to be just roll the ball out there and let the guys sort of do their own thing. John Shire, he's taking very much a hands-on approach when it comes to this Duke defense. And I mean, for Duke, the offense, it is it has been solid still, 33rd in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis, but their offensive efficiency actually falls by 23.1 points per 100 possessions when they're away from Cam and Indoor. So in their road and neutral court games, they have not necessarily been the world's greatest on offense. On defense, this team has been an absolute bulldozer. Where you got Kyle Filipowski. He's able to give you right around 14 points, nine rebounds per game. He's been able to do a really good job for this team. You would like to see Derek Whitehead along with, along with Ben Lively be able to step up as well. These are a pair of guys that were top five recruits and they really haven't been able to give you a whole heck of a lot this season. So that is something to watch out for for Duke, not just in this game, but I feel a little bit more moving forward. But Duke, top 25 team, in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. They have really throttled down. They're one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball this season. Meanwhile, you've got a Wake Forest bunch where they're looking to play at a mid-tempo. They're right around 160th in the country terms of possessions per game they played a little bit of a slow one against Rutgers because Tyree Appleby he was eating good in the neighborhood for much of the year in the game against Rutgers you could tell that he was hampered a little bit by injury he should be feeling a little bit more like himself in my opinion in this game for Appleby thus far this season the transfer from Florida has been able to give you about 16 points five assists a few rebounds per game chips in there a steal really you do like his game and then 
Cameron Hildreth. He has been able to be a nice combo player as well for this Wake Forest team. And that's how I think that Wake Forest is going to be able to hold in this game. They don't have quite the size to be able to match up with Lively along with someone like a Kyle Filipowski. Both of those guys are seven feet or taller, but they do have a lot of guys that they sort of do a nice job packing the stat sheet, like Hildreth, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier, averaging about 12 points per game, mid-33-point shooter. He'll chip in there about four and a half rebounds. He'll give you about three assists per game. So they do a nice job there. And they've got a six-foot-ten combo player in Austin Carr, was able to shoot about 31% from three. Comes in from Delaware, 10 points, five rebounds per game. Jabari Monsanto has a little bit of size. He's able to shoot some threes as well. So got some nice pieces there. And then for Duke, Jeremy Roach, it appears as though, is going to play in this game. He missed the team's last contest. So that is good news for them. You've got to wonder, just like if Tyree Appleby is going to be fully 100%, if Mr. Roach is going to be that as well. For this Duke team as well, both teams are dealing with some ailments. I think that that is going to throttle down both of these offenses. So as a result, I take a look at the total and I set mine at a 135. I'm willing to dive under in this spot. I do think that Wake Forest on their home floor, they're going to be able to hold in there. I've just noticed time and time again with Duke, they always seem to struggle in their first true road game or two. This is a little bit of a new experience for John Shire. Duke has certainly played quite a few neutral court games thus far, and that has went well, but Going out there in the great state of North Carolina to Winston-Salem, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a tough test. I do think that Duke wins the game outright, but give me seven and a half to eight points here with Wake Forest to go along with this total under as well. Now we've got a very harebrained line on this one, and it's come down to a number of which I'm going to be willing to lay the Mondo number, 607-608 on the betting board. UConn plays us to Georgetown. Georgetown, who last won a conference game in the calendar year, I believe, of 2020, finds themselves as between 22.5 and, and 23-point underdogs, and your total on this game is anywhere between 146.5 and 148. And with UConn, I made them a favorite more in the neighborhood of 23 points. I'm going to be willing to lay this big, giant number, and the big reason why I'm willing to lay it here with this UConn bunch is that they just frankly don't need their a game in order to blow out a team by 20 points we saw this on full display a few years or a few days ago against butler in that butler game uconn was as cold as an igloo from the floor they shot right around like 30 percent from three but they won that game because they completely pounded the glass you've got so many guys that do a terrific job for that you've got adama sanogo who does make things a go-go for the team 20 or 19 points Seven rebounds per game. Donovan Klingon down low as they would give you seven rebounds per game. Andre 3000 Jackson, he'll give you a nice amount of rebounds. He's able to pop a few threes as well. It's been a little bit off with that this season, but had a very well-rounded, nice UConn team. You bring in Tristan Newton. You bring in Naheem Aleem in that backcourt. Joey Calcaterra has been able to shoot over 40% from three. This team has all the goods. And for Georgetown, they honestly have the talent itself to be able to keep this game I'm not going to say within like single digits, but to be able to keep this game relatively respectable, like a cook, a cook is someone who was with UConn last season. He's been able to give this Georgetown team along with Kudis Wahab about a combined 14 and a half rebounds per game. A cook, a cook is able to give you multiple blocks. He's able to pop it from three point range. Brandon Murray has been able to do a nice job shooting in the high 30s from three-point range. He and Primo Spears, they combine for 32-plus points per game as well. Jay Heath is able to vary some threes. He gives you double figures. So, I mean, the talent itself is there for Georgetown. The problem is, this Georgetown team, they play one half. They play one half that you sit there and you think, man, you know what? This is not a bad basketball team. They can actually win a few games in the Big East. 
and then they play one half of college basketball where you wonder, why in the world is this a Big East team? Shouldn't they be playing in the WIEC? For those of you guys that know, that's a D3 conference out there in the great state of Wisconsin. And you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of this team. They just seem really poorly coached at this point. I wish I could put it any other way. And for Georgetown, they rank in the bottom 125 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Meanwhile, UConn is pounding teams into oblivion. They rank in the top five in rebound rate. They rank in the top five in terms of defensive efficiency, merely the points allowed on a per-possession basis. I mean, these guys are doing an absolutely tremendous job. It feels like they're Noah's Ark with two of everything. This is a UConn team that I think is very much a prime national title contender. I'm willing to lay up to 23 with UConn. Once you get north of 23, you're, it's just too many points in my opinion. Now, I do recognize that Georgetown gave up north of 100 points in their last game against Xavier, which that's relatively bad. I don't think that they're going to be that much on the bad side of variance in this one, but I'm willing to lay up to 23 here with UConn, and it makes the total very, very interesting because I mentioned it with UConn. All their defensive efficiency, the way that they're able to pound the glass, the way that they're able to do a nice job on offense. And then you got a Georgetown team that, well, Casper the Friendly Ghost right now looks to be their defensive coordinator, and I'm sure that he's very proud of the effort that they've been able to give thus far this season. But I did set my total at 143.5 with this UConn team. It felt like they were doing for a little bit of bad shooting regression, and we saw that against Butler. And I do think that they're really going to do a nice job against a Georgetown team that. They shoot about 33, 33.5% from three-point range, so it's not like they're necessarily lighting the world on fire. So willing to lay up to 23 with UConn. Did set my total at a 143.5, so seeing between 147.5, 148 in most spots, I'm going to be willing to take that under as well. And that leads us into our pro tip for our number one, a one that I was mentioning towards the top of the hour, vcin.com slash subscribe to be able to get all of our pro tips. We give one out every single hour of our live programming every single day. And the pro tip for our number one is if you're taking a look at the futures market right now in the NFL, if you're looking at odds to make the playoff, sort of do a little bit of math in your head as to what you could get on a money line rollover for three straight wins with a team rather than just the yes, no on them to be able to make the playoffs. You could get a little bit more on that rollover typically. And coming up next, we'll try to give you more with regards to the DK Nation pick for college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.